Welcome to the Kick Bump Kick Pod, your fortnightly DM on all things motherhood. Before we get into today's chat, guys, I wanted to just touch base and send all my love and thoughts to everyone up north who have been affected by the floods in Queensland and New South Wales. We also wanted to give a shout out to Give It. It's a government supported organisation. Their website to support storms and flooding is www.giveit.org.au forward slash storms and flooding. We'll pop that link in our show notes. That is where you can donate money, items or volunteer to help people who are affected by the floods in Queensland and New South Wales and yeah all my love to everyone and anyone who has been affected in any way shape or form it is absolutely devastating it seems to have happened super super quick and you are in our thoughts. Today's podcast is on preparing for the fourth trimester which I would like to start with saying nothing can like really fully prepare you for the fourth trimester is in like that period after birth I'm sorry to say it it's kind of like an experience like no other that no matter how much you educate yourself there is still going to be things that are thrown at you that you did not expect or that you don't know how to manage and that is okay to help out the situation because I know I know what it's like I know what it's like going into the fourth trimester or coming to the to the end of your pregnancy and fearing I suppose, the unknown. Um, So I wanted to, I suppose, talk about my own experience and I reached out to a few friends of mine um, and also professionals in the area, one being another mum, Maggie, and I'm going to start with her voice memo because I just feel like her voice note truly encapsulated like every, (laughs) every one of my thoughts I had when reflecting on the newborn stage. And then you'll also hear from Ash, our women's health physio at Kick, And she was also my personal physio during this time for me. And then also a good friend, Emma, who is a midwife and what she had to say for her tips for mamas going to that fourth trimester was really beautiful as well. So I'm very grateful to them for sharing their wisdom and I get to share it with you guys, which I'm very excited about. But before we get into the topic, I thought I would give you guys a little bit of a Harvey update. He is now 10 months old, which is nuts. His like his first year, like the fact that he's almost one is just crazy to me. But again, I feel like I say this every fortnight to you guys. He is growing and changing so much every day. He's now crawling all over the place. He's up to that stage where he knows he can have a little bit of a cry and tanty and, and get what he wants um, because, yeah, he's just – he's super on edge. His top teeth are coming through as well, so he's also teething at the same time. Not a great combination. Um, but the good thing is is his sleep is going really well. He's napping really well in the day and he's stretching all the way overnight. Sometimes he's waking up around 5.30, kind of any time between 5.30 and 6 o'clock is when he's waking up. Um, But that's okay because he's sleeping all night. I feel like with babies when it comes to like eating and their mood and then sleep and all that sort of stuff, I feel like there's always something that's got to give. Like there's few and far days between where everything is going well, like where they're eating really well, they're in the best mood all the time, super easy to handle 
and they're sleeping well, like I, do, I feel like it just doesn't all happen at once. Like they're either teething or like they're having a sleep regression or they just, yeah, something changes. Um, so it's okay. I'm just, I feel like for me, because I've gone through so many months of sleep deprivation, sleep is like <laughs> my number one. So as long as he's sleeping well, I am totally fine. We can deal with the rest. <laughs> and before I get into today's podcast, I actually wanted to share a recommendation, which you might've heard me. I've, I've honestly recommended this book so many times when it comes to going to the fourth trimester, but obviously being that that is what today's podcast is all about. I had to recommend it again, just in case you had missed it. It is The Motherhood and it's by Jamila Rizvi, but she actually kind of collated a whole bunch of different Australian women's stories. So these are all mums of all different kinds, you know, of, of motherhood journeys and um, the postpartum. It's all very different, all very raw, relatable content. They kind of write stories to themselves back in that kind of raw moment after birth. And it's really beautiful read. I learned a lot from it. I think there was so much in there that I didn't even realize could happen. And it didn't scare me. I think it, it just prepared me for like all these different things that can happen. And obviously, the, you know, there's probably many things that this book doesn't it doesn't even cover. And I think that's the whole point of my point earlier when I said, you know, nothing can fully prepare you is because everyone's situation is super unique when they have a baby, when they go through birth, it is super unique to all of us. So whilst you can hear stories, learn and educate yourself, obviously, and that does help there still might be the odd thing and even the things that you have learned can still be scary as hell once you get to it um but I really do hope that this podcast that you learn something or that something that comes up in this makes you feel a little bit less alone and yeah that's that's all I can that's all I can say but I think today I wanted to start with Maggie's Maggie's voice memo because I look up to Maggie so much in when it comes to motherhood in general. I follow her um, and on Instagram she puts out the most raw and relatable content. I really, really recommend giving her a follow um, if you love that kind of mum content. She keeps it real. And, yeah, this is – I'm just going to play the audio so you can see what she has to say. Um, I think you'll see by this audio why I love her so much. No one can tell you what your fourth trimester is going to look like. No one can completely prepare you for it either. So try to have zero expectations. Try to be gentle with yourself. This is going to be one of the biggest physical, emotional and mental shifts you'll ever experience. Cry if you need to. Say no when you need to. Take the help when you need to. And above all else, be honest. Be honest with yourself and be honest with those around you. And remember, at 3am when the entire world feels like it's asleep, we're up with you. And I promise, I promise that the sun is going to rise tomorrow. Okay, there is like so much I want to say about this. But I just, I wanted to play that first because she kind of like perfectly summarises everything that... I'm going to go through in this podcast but the biggest point that Maggie made there which I agree with um, is that you're not alone so just know that in any struggle you're going to go through whether it be mental um, emotional physical hormonal you are not alone there is so many of us who have been along the same ride and whilst it's unique there's a lot of things that do cross over and 
one thing I've got to say is community, reaching out for help. It truly does take a village to get through, especially the newborn stage. And when I reflect personally back on my time when we took Harvey home, we were only home for about a week before we actually went into lockdown. And I remember actually the first point of lockdown, we were already up the river. So we spent, I think it was almost two weeks up the river with just Josh's little brother, Ethan, and so Harvey's uncle. And obviously we couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't see anyone. It was really just us. And there was something really nice about that because, you know, it was just our own little family bubble. Um, But then there was also, and like, obviously we were just grateful that we were safe and everything and in a beautiful, a beautiful big space uh, in lockdown. Absolutely grateful for that. But it was really hard not being able to have, you know, certain family members come and help and and all that sort of stuff. And then on the other hand, it was actually kind of great that we were in lockdown because even when we came home and lockdown kind of ebb and flowed, came out of it, went back into it, we were restricted to have visitors over. And I had so many people, you know, say to me, really try and say no to people coming over or at least like limit it or you know have your boundaries they're allowed over for half an hour or if they're coming over they've got to like either bring a plate of food or like do something and when I at the time when people were saying that to me I was like oh I feel weird I feel like guilty asking for all that and all. but it's the thing is is you've never been through something like this and you are seriously exhausted like your body has never been through even if you like no matter what kind of birth you have honestly it is an absolute marathon on your body and you really do need time to recover and not only time to recover but time to just soak up that newborn stage you just want to like sniff your baby and cuddle it and do like nothing else and so you know limiting visitors and everything like that and as Maggie said you know reaching out asking for help like if someone's over ask them if they can help you with something like do that because you're not going to get a no. You're not going to get people saying no. And the thing is, is if they're your friends and family, they know that the favor would be returned. If they were in the same situation as you and they'd ask for help, you would absolutely help them out. So just don't be afraid to reach out. It is not the time to, you know, try and be a hero and do it all. Um, It's just the time to be a tight knit little family and get through the notions of newborn stage. Now, I actually want to read out a post I did when Harvey was just shy of two months old Um, and I basically summarised what I thought motherhood was so far. And it's funny because not a lot has changed. Well, I mean, some of it's changed, but anyway, this is what the post said. Motherhood so far. It means cold toast, soggy cereal, cold coffee or tea, being watched by little eyes while you shower, Finishing off every outfit with a spew rag on your shoulder. Feeling like you've forgotten how to string a sentence together. Washing your hair once a week only to put it back into a ponytail and wonder why you bothered. Wanting alone time but feeling guilty when you're alone. Going to bed wondering how long until you're going to have to wake up again. Questioning everything you're doing. Leaving one and a half hours aside to get yourself together for a meeting or leaving the house because spew, feeding, forgetting things and leaving the last five minutes for your own grooming. But above all, it means holding a miracle in your arms, feeling a love like no other, forgetting what your life was like without them, seeing a smile that makes up for anything, 
feeling important and needed, and having cuddles that are warmer and more soothing than anything you've ever experienced. As I said, there is some of that that, you know, has gone away. For example, I don't go to bed anymore with anxiety over like how many times am I going to wake up tonight? And I can't tell you how much that's made a difference in my sanity and my mood. It's so good. It's so good that he's sleeping. Oh my gosh, it's made the massive, a massive difference. And I know it's really hard in that newborn stage. And for so long, you can't really, you can't sleep train a baby or like, get them sleeping longer or whatever till I think after four months. So it is a bloody mission. Those first couple of months are really hard. They are dependent on you, whether they're feeding from a bottle or a boob, they need you to do it for them. So it's a lot. Um, I no longer have to, you know, walk around with a spew rag on my shoulder. That's fantastic. Um, But, you know, instead I still have to watch what I'm wearing because he's got like mushy banana in between his fingers or something. And I'm still rarely washing my hair because like, why? Why bother? It is always up because if it's down, he's grabbing onto it again with dirty banana smushed hands. Anyway, I hope that hearing that and hearing Maggie's voice memo has helped you kind of understand that it's not easy, but it's truly, truly like the most magical thing you will ever do. And it's just one of those things that you learn as you go. You're going to understand this when you're in the thick of it, trust me. But you, you truly learn as you go. And my biggest takeaway, I think, would be to really trust your gut. I think that's something that surprised me is my intuition. It was so much stronger than I ever imagined it would be. And I thought that I would have to reach out to everyone and anyone for help, which I did. I often reached out. And I reached out to these three people that are sharing today so many times. But... I also realized that many of the times that I reached out and got their advice, what they had to say was exactly what I was going to be doing anyway. Like you will surprise yourself. It's quite amazing. So another person's audio, which I'm going to play now, is from Emma. So Emma is a midwife. She is also a good friend. And Emma actually flew down to Melbourne, such a legend. Right before Harvey was due, she came down and she did a one-on-one or one-on-two birthing class with Josh and I just to get our confidence up before heading to the hospital. There was obviously some of that class, you know, because I didn't end up having a spontaneous labor and it was induced um, that I didn't really get to, I suppose, use. But there was actually so much that she did teach me that I went into that birth like super educated. So big shout out and a massive thank you to Em for that. But this is Em's beautiful audio. So this is from a midwife on her tips on how to get through that initial post-birth experience. Hello, Steph. Hello, Laura. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy that you're giving women so much support in this huge transitional time in their life. Um, I am just going to chat about being a midwife and the fourth trimester. Um, As a midwife, I've counseled women in in the antenatal period, laboring women, postnatal women. And the main concern for women is always the labor. And this is in fact, the shortest part of the whole experience. Yes, it's intimidating. Yes, labor can go on for days. And yes, labor is really, really painful. But what is important to remember is this is all normal. I think it's the unknown that takes over. No matter how many books, 
classes or birthing videos mums and partners watch. It's always the main focus. The labour is always the main focus. When in fact, the women, you will manage the hours of contractions. You will endure the lack of sleep. Women's bodies are built to do it. But then you have this beautiful baby who appears to be very well behaved for the first two days. (laughs) Then you don't generally sleep for two years. (laughs) If only you could collect sleep in the antenatal period and use it to catch up on sleep afterwards. I've got some tips for the best things that I think women could do to prepare for the fourth trimester. And really, these are to educate yourself on newborns. They are so damn cute. And it's a good job because they can be pretty confusing. The best thing to do is to learn about baby's behavior in those first few weeks, but bring it down to days and hours so that you understand their bodies and what they're going through physiologically. Starting from the first few hours, the baby's really alert and awake. You'll remember when Harvey was on your skin and they're so alert, they're ready to feed. And then babies actually really need a huge recovery sleep. Sometimes it's seven hours and in a healthy newborn, that is completely normal and it's warranted. And then the next 24 hours, they're well behaved. They might do one wee and that's great. Everything's working. And then a few days pass and on around night or two or three, lock in because the dreading feeding frenzy is about to start. And I think this is when parents really believe that they're not doing a good job, when in fact it's so normal. And if you just prepare with some snacks, movies, and keeping to your own little nest and just breastfeed, 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 or whatever you're doing, if you're expressing, but what they want to do is have lots of security and they want to stimulate so that you make milk. And you'll be up all night. And if you prepared for this, it will reduce your anxiety, which does sometimes go on to the baby. And it also gives the partner more confidence and they know how to support you. They can provide you with food. They can provide you with water. They can take the baby out of the room while the baby's crying and then bring the baby back in to feed again. And just remember that a newborn, you cannot spoil. There are lots and lots of books out there about the upcoming weeks, but a newborn up to around six weeks, you cannot do too much skin to skin. All the skin to skin in the world is going to make that baby feel so secure and attached when the baby's breastfeeding, looking at the baby in your eyes or when the baby's feeding with a bottle, looking at the baby into the eyes is all in fact going to increase the baby's social skills in the future. It's going to cause reassurance. And then down to the first poo, down to what's normal in feeding and the colostrum, you know, the first few days, babies really, really don't need that much milk. They're not feeding in order to fill themselves up because they're hungry. They're in fact feeding to pass that first stool, that brown, sticky, black meconium out of their bowel that's been there for months. 
And it's also giving them a really good immune system, but they don't need that much milk. So worrying about whether you're producing enough and whether you're giving your baby enough in the first few days is something that you shouldn't be worrying about. You should trust that the baby's attaching and think about the feeding rather than how much the baby's getting. Little tips for when you go home, everyone says prepare food, prepare, prepare meals, everyone wants to visit. Feel very, very comfortable in turning your phone off and just bonding with your baby. If you do have family around, which is so wonderful, I would suggest writing a list of jobs, putting it on the fridge, and then they will feel useful. They'll feel like they're helping you rather than asking you and you feeling bad about what to ask them to do, but you know that your pile of washing is in the other room. And finally, just as a quick piece of advice, be really patient with your body. It takes nine months to create this tiny human being and you need to give your body at least that long to physically feel back to what your body wants to feel like again. And just remember, everyone's proud of you. You're doing a good job, no matter how much sleep you're missing. That baby is so lucky to have you. Thank you for listening. I just want to touch on a few things that Em said there. It kept taking me back to memories, you know, when Harvey was a newborn, like when she was talking about the feeding frenzy and, you know, how they're cluster feeding to, you know, to try and encourage your body to produce more milk. I remember going through that stage. We were up the river at that stage because he was, as I said, like just shy of two weeks old when we were up there for lockdown. And I remember some of those nights, he it would just hit like 5 p.m. And he was just like so unhappy unless he was on my boob. Like it was a feeding frenzy. It was insane. But, you know, we, we got through and it really did help me like with the understanding that I knew why he was doing that and that it was just helping my body produce more and more milk and kind of get the supply that he needed, he then needed moving forward. That was super helpful for me getting through that time, just knowing that it was all completely normal. Before I move on from feeding, uh, breastfeeding, just because we were talking about the cluster feeding, that reminds me of something that actually I did not know how painful breastfeeding was going to be um, in that early stage. I will say if you are, if you've just had your baby and you're choosing to breastfeed or it is working for you and you are breastfeeding and you're having trouble with it or it's hurting, just know that that is so normal. I did not know that either. And my nipples really cracking. I had scabs at one point. It was so painful that I would have to count down like three, two, one, and like brace myself every time Harvey latched. But that was only for the first couple of weeks. It does get better. Your nipples like totally toughen up. And yeah, I promise you it does get easier. Um, If you're having a lot of trouble, there are so many people who can help you out. And I will say one product that really helped me was the Hydrogel breast discs. I think they're by Rite Aid. You can get them at most like supermarkets or um, chemists and stuff. They were the my saviors for my nipples. (laughs) Another thing Em touched on was, you know, how people tell you to prep food and everything like that. That is actually something that was a tip I was going to share today. That is something that definitely helped me. So not only did some people like Laura, beautiful Laura, drop off 
you know, soup and stuff that like to put in the freezer, which was just so beautiful of her. But I myself also made a couple of kick recipes. I went to the meal plan section of our recipe hub and I just picked a few there that I thought would be good to kind of make in bulk and freeze. And I'm so grateful that I did that because there really was a stage there where both Josh and I were just so exhausted and also just all consumed with Harvey. Like we didn't want to (laughs) take time to like go to the shops, buy the groceries, think of what to make and then make it. We did want to just grab something quickly and and often like because you're breastfeeding like every – or feeding him, bottle feeding him every two hours um, at some points – you know, you don't really have a lot of time in between. And so having like healthy, nutritious and filling meals to just grab from the freezer and defrost when you needed them was really helpful. So I would highly recommend that. And then if you're listening as, as a friend who knows that someone is about to have a baby, that is an epic present you can give them, like prep food for them. That would be amazing. Um, and then lastly, the thing I wanted to touch on before moving on to our next guest's audio was patience with your body. And this ties into our next guest. So our next guest is Ash, who is a women's health physio. She is she was my personal physio through this time and she's our kick women's health physio. And she helped me so much with the understanding of what was going on in my body um, and, you know, <laughs> down there in those parts Um that I really had no idea about before talking to her really. And so we really focused on, you know, my pelvic floor and keeping it strong and then backing right off right before labor and birth. And then, you know, afterwards really checking in with how my pelvic floor and core and everything was going afterwards. And she was the one that recommended I go and see Rach who did an internal uh, physio check on my pelvic floor health and it actually turned out that I had a slight bladder prolapse. So I just think it was really good that Em mentioned patients with your body because not only in the initial stages is there things like bleeding and you might be bleeding like so much more than your average period or whatever, there might be all these different things that you weren't expecting to happen with your body even after birth. So it's just really important that you're patient with your body, that you check in with your health professionals, they will confirm with you like more often than not it's totally normal whether it's like bleeding or like feeling heavy down there all those kind of things um and then when it comes to you know months and months after that pass um and your body might not be changing you know your uterus might not have shrunk all the way down to its size before baby and so you might still have a little bit of a a little bit of a bump or you might have gained a bit of weight all of this stuff is so so normal and so common and you just have to be patient with your body you've got to realize what it's been through um and really really champion it because it's really incredible what we can do with our bodies as women so now to Ash's audio, which again, she had some really great tips from a physio. Hello, Steph. I know you asked me for my number one best piece of advice for preparing for the fourth trimester, but you know me, I was never going to be able to keep it to just one. Instead, I have narrowed it down to three. I hope that's okay. Number one is pelvic floor. So a lot of people don't know that the six-week GP check doesn't actually include a thorough pelvic floor assessment. It's more or less a skin check, a check on mum, a check on bubs, but it doesn't include a thorough pelvic floor assessment that would assess the strength of your pelvic floor, 
how your pelvic floor internally is healing um, and whether or not there's any type of prolapse or anything like that postpartum. So I always recommend people, if it's in their means, please see a women's health or a pelvic floor physiotherapist because they are the ones that are going to be able to perform that really in-depth thorough pelvic floor assessment that's going to make sure we're clearing for pelvic floor strength which is going to help prevent things like incontinence and prolapse down the track. The second piece of advice that I have is to rest. Being a new mum is a lot as I'm sure a lot of you have either experienced or are about to experience. I think one of the biggest things that a lot of people come to me in the first few weeks is they're really worried because they feel a heaviness sensation down around their vagina or their lower abdomen and yes sometimes that could be a sign of prolapse but more often than not it's just because they're spending too much time on their feet. So in the early days, in the early weeks, Spend as much time horizontal off your feet as you can and really allow that perineum to rest. Things like ice and compression are also going to be really helpful with that. But don't cave to pressure to being on your feet all day every day and rushing around and looking after bubs. We need to make sure that we're looking after you as well. My final piece of advice is to just be gentle with yourself. You are going through probably one of the biggest transition phases of your life. There is so much change happening at the moment. There is so much comparison and mum pressure, especially with social media. So just be gentle with yourself. If you're feeling like you're struggling or if you're not sure about things or you're really not coping with all of the the change that's going on please seek some help speak to your GP speak to your women's health physio get some advice and some help and support really that's my my biggest three pieces of advice for preparing for the fourth trimester I hope that helps such great advice there from Ash and yeah as I said You know, as I was seeing her for prenatal physio, she was the one that really got me in tune with my uh, pelvic floor health and then, you know, recommending me to Rach, women's health physio, to do the internal check. Saved me. Honestly, if Rach hadn't found the, you know, the slight bladder prolapse that I had and, and give me the exercises that I needed to do to kind of improve my down there region. Um, I could have got back into exercise after that six week checkup um, and, you know, kind of done more damage than good. And obviously moving my body is something that makes me me. It's also what I do for a career. So that would have been really bad um and I think the other thing that I want to talk about about that downstairs region another thing that I absolutely loved to do was sits baths so you know you can get used to showering with a baby sitting in a bouncer watching you it's easier to get it done when they're awake but if you're anything like I was you know you'll want your eyes on them 24 7 um even when they're napping because it's just like this thing when you're a new mum you just need to know that they're breathing at all times and it sounds super dramatic but I swear almost every mum I have spoken to had the exact same thing for weeks so you really do like take them everywhere with you even as they're napping um and yeah for so long I was showering with him just napping on the outside of the shower door but in saying this it's really important you recharge your batteries and make some time for yourself as well 
and something I really loved doing, um, which was not just for my mental health, but my physical health too, was SIDS baths. So I love baths in general. Um, they are so good for my, you know, emotional and mental state anyway in general. But SIDS baths, act, they actually have a number of benefits, you know, particularly those who have had a vaginal birth. They bring blood flow to the perineal area, helping to relax the muscles, reduce swelling and inflammation, and they also promote further healing. But yeah, as I said, aside from all that, it just means time to yourself, which, you know, you don't get a lot of, and also time to sit or lie down, which as Ash said, it's really important that you try and spend most of your days um, horizontal instead of standing up, like just to give, you've had a lot of pressure on that downstairs region. So it's just good to take the pressure off and be lying down as often as you can. So I really, really hope that you got something out of this podcast. I mean, there were some incredible tips from our guests today, but I really just hope even with my reflections on my story and maybe if you do end up reading the book that I recommended, The Motherhood, you will see that there are so many unique stories, but one thing that they all have in common is that it is a really, really hard yet rewarding journey. It is incredible. You do reflect back on it and think, oh my how did I do that? That is, I am amazing. Like it's really, really beautiful time to look back on. And all I have to say is like, you just, you don't get that time back. Like I, I miss Harvey falling asleep on me now that he's at this stage where he's just like wriggling about and like won't sit still. I miss him falling asleep in my chest and that newborn smell. And it's just, it's very hard time. I don't want to sprinkle it with fairy dust, but it is really, it truly is really magical as well. Um, and if you're coming to the end of your pregnancy and this is coming up for you, I wish you well. I really hope that you have a really beautiful birth in whatever way it goes down. I hope that you feel incredible for it. And yeah, I, I just really hope that that something in this podcast resonated with you or that maybe when you come to that point, you remember things that popped up in this podcast and it helps you out through that period. Um, and the biggest thing of all is surround yourself, reach out for help, um, surround yourself with a bit of a village. And if there's not many people around you who have had babies or you want people to talk to, I highly recommend joining our Kick Bump Facebook group. You don't have to be a Kick subscriber to join our Kick Bump Facebook group. It's open to all of you. It's a virtual mother's group. It so far, people are using it to f to find words of encouragement on something they're going through or to ask questions about certain products that they're thinking of using. There's just so much on there and it's a very engaged group of women, you know, from all over um, there to help each other through this crazy thing called motherhood. Um, I absolutely love being a part of that community. I hope everyone in it enjoys it just as much as I did. And yeah, as I said before, I really, really hope that you got something out of this podcast. Um, and as I touched on at the start of the podcast, I am thinking of everyone up north. I hope that anyone that was affected by the floods is doing okay emotionally, mentally, you know, financially. It's, it's a really tough, tough time for everyone up there. And if you have the means to donate money, items or volunteer, um, you can head to giveit.org.au forward slash storms and flooding to see how you can help. Sending all my love and well wishes to everyone in their late pregnancy. You are a superwoman. You can do this. You've got this. Um, and I'm very excited for you because it's 
is the bloody best. <laughs> I'll be back in a fortnight, guys. Um, and I'll also be in New Year's on Wednesday with Laura for another KickPod episode. But thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to share it or make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel and you can find more on Keep a Cleaner at Keep a Cleaner on Instagram or you can head to our website, www.keepacleaner.com. We have a seven-day free trial at the moment. So if you would like to try Kick and try our Kick Bump pre- or postnatal program, you are welcome to head there. I'll pop the link in our show notes. And yeah, I'm Steph Claire Smith. You can find me on Instagram and pretty much anywhere else. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to talking to you again very soon. Bye, guys.